0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Here tonight's entertainment.
2: Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. Motion gun. Open the circuit. You've never seen pressure increase this time. All the ship's energy is now in the wave motion gun. I doubt anyone here would recognize civic virtue if it reached up and bit
0: you in the ass. Oh, did I hurt your feelings?
2: The Magneto's right. There's a war coming. You sure you're on the right side?
1: Seven years ago, sorry, I'm still loopy. Seven years ago, this Sunday's was my first podcast, and it's pretty much vanished, and I'm glad of it. Oh, God, it was horrible. My guest canceled at the last minute for no freaking reason, and I was left there doing my first show with no co-host, and it was, like, standing naked in front of a fucking bus. <laughs>
2: oh, that must have been bad. <laughs> I don't think I ever heard that one. <laughs> yeah. Is it saved? Like, can I, like, find it?
1: No. No, it's gone. Oh, and I'm go. glad of it. Right, if I found any copy, <laughs> I would destroy it. Just chop
2: it up over
1: there. Right, because I... <laughs>
2: I would find it and, like, post it on every every horror page. Hey, check out this new podcast.
1: Hi, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hi everybody. How you doing? <laughs> Back when I
1: started every podcast, everyone was making money and crap. And I was like, ah, crap. Then it turned out most <laughs> of the people making money were being lied to in their numbers. And the money was being fudged, so they was doing all this work for shit.
2: Oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I'm new to this whole podcast thing, so I don't know anything about the early days or any of that shit. Like, I never even listened to a podcast, really, till I started doing one with you, which has only been not even a year yet. So Yeah. It was <laughs>
1: – yeah, it's definitely changed. And nowadays, everybody and their mother has a podcast.
2: Yeah, you don't know how many times people are like, oh, Fred, you need to do a podcast. You need to do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, but I'm lazy. Like, unless someone else is doing it, I, I'm not going to do it. Like, if you stop doing this, Steve, I would never fucking even think about doing a podcast again. Oh, God. The unless somebody invited a me pain out. in the
1: ass. I ain't going to lie.
2: Yeah, I leave the hard work to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just come on and crack a few dick jokes and, and laugh at myself.
1: Yeah. Anyone who says that The producing part is easy Is either lying Or they got someone else doing their production work for them
2: Hmm Yeah like I don't I wouldn't even begin to know how to approach Doing a podcast by myself So But you've been doing it for fuck seven years (laughs) Yeah And didn't you you have another one before this Because I do remember you did have another one when we first became friends on Facebook, you had didn't you have was, another yeah, podcast? I was on someone
1: else's there. And the guy that owns it, Kevin Kex Hayes, asked me one day, do you want to do your own podcast? And that's how this started.
2: Okay, because I do remember, and I think I called into one of them. It's one of the ones yeah. you used to do. I think it was you, Vicky. Um. The the uh, Carl and somebody hey, else up? you had on, hey, yeah. And I think you guys are doing um Planet of the Apes. I don't know. <laughs> you are doing something sci-fi because I know because you guys kept referring to Vicky because she I guess she's yeah. a big sci-fi uh expert there.
0: Oh so god, got, yeah. And I remember
2: I yeah. So I remember I called in. I had like nothing to say. I just knew we were Facebook friends. I like movies. You guys are talking about something that I had no clue, and I came on, said my piece, and then you guys ignored me the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Larry.
1: You don't know how hard but it is, how hard it was to get a word in between Carl with Carl. On yeah, the show yeah, 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 like, no. Just shut up. <laughs>
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, my last experience, um, he hardly said a thing until it came to the end, and then he just bashed the movie we were watching.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, just shut up. Shut up. We're watching the movie. (laughs) How are you?
2: (laughs) 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 Nice guy, but I was like, dude, we're we're loving the movie. If you didn't like the movie, you should have watched it first. Yeah. That's what you're going on
1: for. Months for people who like physical media, because the couple of the biggest Blu-ray player companies have discontinued making Blu-rays. Players. Yeah. And as of today, uh, Disney has of Thursday. Disney has pulled all of 24 four Century Fox's t- catalog titles out of print, and you're not going to be able to get them anymore, and they don't think they're going to release them anymore.
2: Ooh, anything good? I mean, it's Disney, so who knows? They bought so much shit. Uh, 20th
1: Century but, what- Fox, man, that means alien. You're not going to be able oh, to get yeah. beat- after these copies of the store you're not gonna be able to buy that anymore.
0: Well I got uh, my special Spike edition. Club. <laughs> uh
1: Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh Rocky.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's all fine and dandy, but you know what that does? That only creates an um a bootleg underground. I mean, fans will always be able to find physical media. They tried Hell, that shit back in the VHS days. Bit. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll still get our copies. I mean, they're they're never gonna go away fully. You're gonna get shitty yeah. copies, you know. And then you'll have international companies doing their own versions still. Because they'll be like, yeah, "Fuck like you, Disney." Beloved, we'll, we'll, uh,
1: YouTube, Big Book of Doom. <clears throat>
0: But, Which is yeah, no, one of the I mean, uh,
1: DVD cases with, uh, it holds about 300 DVDs, and I've got a lot of extremely rare crap that isn't out on DVD or blue. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, Let's I still have see, some VHSs up, up, uh, that I've...
1: <laughs> I woke up early the day I died, the Ed Wood film, uh...
2: Oh yeah, that, that 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 hidden masterpiece. I remember the first time I read that title. I'm like, great title, but then I saw Ed Wood, and I was like, oh, it sucks.
1: <laughs> no, it's actually good. It's insane, but good. You yeah. haven't lived until you've seen Bud Court take uh, Billy Zane's stolen shoes and. Uh, him as he's running inside of a clothes store with a big mannequin under one arm. (laughs)
2: There you go. Wasn't that in Dawn of the Dead, too? Wasn't some guy running out of one of the stores with a mannequin under his arm? I don't know. That's done in a lot of films. Yeah, that was Dawn of the
1: Dead. During that crazy thing with (laughs) the pie fight and all that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's such a, you a down, so such the, an iconic.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's just so much you do with a. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, so do yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just it's just funny, like like mannequins, like the power they have because it's like you know they're fake, but we put so much we we project so much life into them. I remember I made a sculpture, out of a mannequin. I put like wings on it, made out of bob wire, and a bob wire halo. And a skeleton arm, like I just attached an anatomy store skeleton arm to it, and I fucking sold the thing at an art show. I was like, "Really? Someone's buying this? All right." <laughs> I mean, before and I got I a got friend of mine used to. A... Um...
1: Jennifer the Snake Goddess. Ooh. Nice Imagine one. Imagine a Carrie ripoff instead of psychic thinks she can make snake appear out of the freaking air and drop on people.
2: That's a cool gift.
1: It's just bizarre. Because you'd have people airing the snake to, whoop, drop on their heads.
2: Yeah. Uh, as far as psychic films, I think my favorites is going to be, of course, Scanners and The Fury.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, those were good. Uh, yeah, I
2: mean, I love Carrie. I love Stephen King. But uh, my my genre goes lowbrow. Uh, that's too highbrow for me. Carrie's a highbrow film to me.
1: <laughs> well, you like Jennifer? Then, like I said, just snakes dropping on people everywhere, and then all of a sudden, a yeah. giant rubber snake jumps out and bites this guy right on the shoulder.
2: Ooh. <laughs> Yeah I hear a lot of these films But I haven't seen them Because like you said They're never released properly So unless you're I
1: don't know if it's out of print now Because they've taken some of A lot of their weird or crap And then just taken it off the market Like uh, Sonny Boy Out of print uh, And that one's another great one That's the best film ever With David Carradine is a transvestite who's dating Paul Smith. You know, the guy who played Bluto and Popeye?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know exactly what you uh, Pieces, yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, they find this baby. Uh, Brad DeRee steals the car and sells it to him, and they find the baby inside of it and adopt it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's
2: classic. David
1: Carradine is great. He's like in full drag throughout the whole movie.
2: Nice. God, I got to see that one. Oh, that that's definitely under That definitely flew under my. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I uh, I kind of like skipped it because, I mean my my movie hunting is always shit. Like I sound kind of like um. Oh god, I'm like I'm like your typical horror fans. Like I gotta have my Friday the Thirteenth. I gotta have my Nightmare on the Street. I gotta have my Michael Myers. I gotta have this George Romero film, you know. And a lot of the obscure shit I've seen, but I never bought. You know, and then I went through a whole fucking period where I would only get like, you know, George Baguette films, you know,
1: (laughs) and and like anything within like the whole. They put. They keep they kept putting out the regular stuff over and over again. I yes. think they've been like two or three sets of Night Brown, Elm Street and not yeah. goddamn one of them have an uncut Elm Street 5.
2: Uh, that or an uncut um, Elm Street 3. Dream Warriors. When I saw that well, in never, here, I've that never every... seen
1: that. They've never really put that out period, but... If
2: you have five, go what? Go ahead. No, I was going to say I saw every Nightmare on Elm Street in the theaters. I went and saw part three, and the scene where where the nurse stands up, her titties are hanging out, but it's Freddy Krueger's head. That was in the movie when you saw it in theaters, and if you bought the soundtrack record, the vinyl, because I had the vinyl. Which sadly oh, didn't have a Dream Warrior the theme song.
1: What happened was is the stupid aspect ratio of the VHS cut the boobies out.
2: Yeah. So the but if you saw in theaters there was a full scene, the the white panties, titties and Freddie's head. And they cut yeah. that. Or or as you say they, they cropped it the fuck. And you see Freddie's head but you don't see the boobies you know they 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 fucked it Damn, up it's a hilarious and even on the vinyl scene, record it's
1: not dirty it's hilarious
2: yeah no it's a great fucking scene you know and even the vinyl record if you had nightmare on Street three, the vinyl record if you yeah. turn over to the back the still pictures it's they have a picture of freddy with the boobies yeah that's on the vinyl record and i used to use my vinyl record to prove to people cuz when it came out on video and shit People are like, what are you talking about, Fred? Freddie with boobies? I'm like, here it is on the record. Freddie had this. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no one believes me.
1: But fine. Anyway, <laughs> if you find an uncut VHS of that, you can sell that puppy for a hundred dollars easy.
2: I have to dig through my um VHSs because I remember um. The early days of the video stores, when Five was coming out, someone gave me the pre uh, the um, VHS copy that was the um, oh, what the fuck's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't for the public. It was for it was um oh goddamn it yeah, it was a screener copy. So I actually might have the Young Cub Part Five on VHS.
1: Yeah, they gu- Elm Street 5 they cut the holy crap
2: out of. Yeah. It was a much better film and again I saw that in theaters too. And I remember when I saw it on VHS I'm like there's shit missing. I mean, they even done that more recently like I saw um what's call it? Uh Blair Witch Project in theaters. When I saw it on on um, DVD, I was like, oh, shit, there's certain things missing. Not a lot, but there's certainly like, dialogue I remember that's gone.
1: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's see another one. Let's see, Reanimator. there's been about four or five blue DVDs and Blu-rays of it. There's yeah. been the Elite version. There was the Anchor Bay version. There was the two-disc Anchor Bay version with the...
2: Uh,
1: yeah. ...the pin. There was the Arrow version. There was uh, the Shop Factory Blue Ray version.
2: Yeah, which now they're all fucking, like, you know, cost ridiculous amounts of money. <laughs>
1: no, the Arrow's still in print.
2: Yeah, but it's not the same as when they first released it. It's missing, I think, the booklet... The slipcover and something else. It was a different, um, the original oh release had extra cover.
1: We can't live without the slipcover. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: I like that slipcover.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. I had to get my, um, uh, what's well, in how the How many call copies of uh, uh,
1: Hell of the Living Dead do you own?
2: I am up to four or five now. Yeah, <laughs> I keep I keep hunting down because it's one of those films. I don't know what it is about it. It's the perfect blend of zombie, um, cheesy, beezy horror film and exploitation, grindhouse, fucking mondo. It's like a perfect mix. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a huge fan of that film. And like I say, if I if I find a different version that's out, I buy it immediately. Like I just, I just, I have the Blu-ray, DVDs. I even have my DVD of that. My, my one of my DVDs of that is the Night of the Zombies cut, which was pulled directly off the VHS. It even has like the VHS beginning. It has some parts of it, the glitches from the VHS. <laughs> like it's li- it's a pro- it's a it's a professional um disc. It's not a bootleg, yeah. but it, the the original. Copy that was put out on v- on DVD was ripped straight from the VHS, and it has the oh. Night of the Zombies title, which is the only reason I got it. It's it's practically unwatchable because it's so dark and muddy looking
0: because yeah. VHS
2: never transferred well. VHS is like a horrible. It's like people that go, I'm still in the cassettes, and I'm like, why? It's like you can't hear half of the music You put the d- tape in It's like Oh yeah, that
1: killed <laughs> up to my seven years You know, the VHS Oh, I watch VHS because it's film No, it's not It's tape yeah. It's tape yeah, It's video tape
2: And every year that passes it, it degrades more and more and I have some VHS that, um... Yeah, that's the other problem it's a big thing because I was just looking at a website for music, um, new retro wave music, and part of it it's retro. So they put they release limited cassette tapes, and I see them selling out quick. And I'm like, yeah, those are going to be cool for about I don't know six months till you wear them out, <laughs> you know.
1: And most cassette players are notorious for you get a little speck of dust in them, and then they become like Pac Man. Give me your favorite cassette. Yeah,
2: I, uh, that, I remember, um, when, be, right before I got really, really huge in CDs, I, um, I bought a, like, a more modern cassette player, which was in the 90s, and every one of my old cassettes got eaten up, like, instantly. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm just gonna use the CD part from now on.
0: <laughs> but yeah. you know what? I mean, vinyl. He holds
1: the record with third. Teen, at least DVDs and Blu rays. Ooh, what? Evil Dead, the first one. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, st- I, used- I tried collecting those. I bought, I think I got like three of them. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm not buying anymore. Because it's the same re release every time. It's just, what, cleaner? They took a speck of dust out of this scene. <laughs> and-
1: And they got one new extra or one different extra taken off. Yeah. But when they first came out, it was uh, the Elite version, which is good. And then Anchor Bay put out a Bare Bones version. And then as a Target exclusive, they put out six DVDs with just different artwork on them. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. no, no cards, no cover, nothing. It's in a see-through plexiglass case.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it gets ridiculous sometimes. It's like uh, back in the comic book days in the 90s. They release like, a, a, a really cool comic, and then it'll have, like, eight different fucking covers. So kids are out there buying all eight of the covers, you know, and they're worth, they're worth nothing now, especially the 90s runs of comic books. They're not worth shit because yeah, they made I them as
1: Taking all these Anchor Bay limited editions and stuff like that and buying them up and flipping them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and they're not worth it. I learned that from the comic book days. You know, and 90s comic books aren't worth shit because they mass produced them. See, people think, like, oh, comic books get worth money. Yeah, when they're rare. If you buy anything from the 90s, guess what? They made a billion copies of that comic book. You, you're, you're, yours is not unique. There's a fucking landfill someplace out there filled with them, and they're worth yeah. about a nickel each now. <laughs> There's only certain books that ever become worth anything, and they were limited. You know? Like Lobo, Issue Zero. Remember when the Death of
1: Superman comic <laughs> came out?
2: Yes, and I still I've have seen my... a comic
1: shop that was selling copies for for a dollar.
2: Yeah, Less and I still two have two my later. Death of Superman. I have my Death yeah. of Superman in the factory sealed bag. I tried selling it, and the comic book guy's like, "No, oh, I'll trade you a comic book for it, but I'm not going to give you money for it. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, those things are worthless. The place yeah. I've seen, 4 a lot- for a dollar, had had about four long boxes filled with just that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they were shit. So, only independent comics end up becoming worthwhile. Like, surprisingly, Walking Dead, the first couple issues of that, even though it's a huge, you know, franchise now, the first couple issues were put out by an independent comic company. So before they got bought up by, you know, one of the major comic companies, it was yeah. independent, and those were rare, because then they reissued them under the new new uh, title logo, the new company logo. So I actually got um, it got me through a few months of unemployment when I uh, lost a job. I sold my, my early Walking Dead's, and I didn't even wasn't even dependent on unemployment. Just the money I made off my Walking Dead issues got me through without a job. Yeah. So, Most expensive you know,
1: DVD, the Blu-rays I got are ones that no one bought while they were in print, like uh, Cemetery Man. That goes for like ninety bucks now.
2: Oh, which one? Because I have that. The DVD. Really, the I have US that. Cool.
1: The U.S. release cool. Uh, of it there was.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I got that. Dead. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh Rock and
1: Rule which goes for hundred and twenty five dollars.
2: Go fuck yourself, Steve.
1: (laughs) I should have bought it when you told me to I was I thought you were lying to my ass and now I said, Oh Rock and Rule's on Blu ray Steve, it's hundred
2: (laughs) and twenty (laughs) five dollars. What? Yeah, that one I missed out on. I love that fucking movie to death. God damn it. All right, keep going. I'm 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 hurting here.
1: <laughs> uh, dead alive.
2: I got it. Okay.
1: Now that Blu-ray, when I picked it up, I picked it up as a filler on order because the damn thing was six bucks, wasn't it?
2: Oh.
1: I think the I got Blu-ray. mine
2: used. Yeah. Oh, you got your Oh, you well, got it you on Blu-ray. You got it cheaper
1: than six bucks. If you paid six bucks for. for you know what I mean. Yeah. But now you can't get a copy of that some bitch, for under a hundred dollars.
2: God
0: damn.
2: God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have that. I have um I have Dead Alive on D V D, not Blu ray though. So.
1: Oh. I don't know how much DVD is but the Blu ray. It out and they put it out as a six dollar Blu-ray. No one was buying it. Like, oh, I'm going to wait for Brain Dead the Uncut version. Tell yeah. lies is Uncut, you dumb fuck. No fact no ten minutes ex- And in Brain Dead it doesn't have any extra gore in it. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel then. Silly. After it went out of print, two months later, people were like, "Oh my god, I must gotta buy it now!" And now it's a hundred frickin' dollars.
2: Yeah, yeah, I hate when that happens. That happened to me a lot, especially um, releases that came out like when I'm in between jobs, because you know I keep losing jobs because I'm a moron, not nah, because I work for assholes most of the time. But um, I kept getting jobs and losing them, and it's like when I'm working, nothing is coming out. The second I lose a job, then it's like all these companies just like, hey, we're going to release all these films you love. And then I'm like standing there with my dick in my hand going, no. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs>
1: Ritual is about 50 rituals because Code Red and it went in and out. And I've got the valuable hmm. version of Nightmares Never Ends that has the original print back where the head of Code Red is cursing out everyone who were bitching about how long it took for him. It took him about two years to put out the DVD after he uh, announced
2: Yeah, I don't think I have Just those. Imagine looking knows. at the
1: back of your DVD and saying, You ungrateful fucks don't appreciate... <laughs> How much fucking work did I put in on this son of a bitch?
2: <laughs> oh God. Hey, how about cannibal hole, uh cannibal camp out? How much is that worth? <laughs> is that still five dollars at me? No, that's not
1: worth anything. I've got the box set which is worth oh, okay. about forty, forty or forty
0: five, but it was worth thirty. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: That came with uh, The Basement, no. uh, Cannibal Camp Out, <laughs> uh, Video Violence 1 and 2.
2: Oh, sweet. Yeah, I have one. I don't have two, though. I might have two. I don't know. i got to look. <laughs> yeah,
1: if you, find that one, you can find that one cheap.
2: That's yeah, a good the only reason I brought a Cannibal Camp out is because I remember I rented it, brought it home, watched it, thought it was a cool movie because, you know, it's shot on VHS. And my friends and I used to get high and watch it and joke about it and, you know, and it's funny because the special effects that they used in it, I knew where they got the um, the, the special effects from. There used to be a Florida company called, Stu- um, oh, god damn, it's Studios. It was something studios, and you could buy pre-made prosthetics. And I remember looking at it going, hey, I have that hanging on my wall in my bedroom. Hey, I got that. Holy shit, that rubber axe, I have that. I used, to, I used to order all this shit from this Florida company, and that's the special effects they use. Long story short, I never returned the VHS. When I went to go rent something else, I had to buy the VHS because I lost it. Did and you
0: i make make like, sure they gave, the gave you
2: a box too. <sighs> well, no, I mean, I, 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 no, because this was back in the day where you just rented the whole fucking thing. Like it was oh. in the fucking box.
1: That was, it was the, in the idea box. of any video store ever to rent you the whole box. Yeah. Enterprising motherfuckers, yoink.
2: Yeah, no, this was a small mom and pop's place. Yeah. And it was like, you remember the, um, they turn yellow after a while. Those old boxes, they used to slide the uh, the VHS box in, and then you you squeeze it to get the uh, tape out. It was one of those. I remember I had to yeah. pay 50 fucking dollars for this, cassette, for this VHS. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> so I still wish I had it, because I, I would have just, like, hung down on a wall or something now. But I lost the tape. I think a friend of mine took it, probably, and brought it oh, home, yeah. and he forgot about it. That only happened to me twice. It happened to me with that and um, uh, Blood of Heroes. I rented Blood of Heroes, and a friend of mine borrowed it and didn't return it. I had to pay for the fucking date, yeah. which I think at the time was like $70. So. <laughs> anyway, I keep going off on my candy. I think it's pandes.
1: funny that you had to go to a second dealer to get Cannibal Holocaust because of the grindhouse letting it slip out of print.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Hey, you,
1: just, you theaters, got a good so. price on it, though.
2: Yeah, no, I got a good price. I got, I didn't, and I got everything. I got the soundtrack, the two discs, so I'm, I'm good. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, no, I just hate when I do that. Like, I see a release come out, and then it's like, eh, I ain't got the money now. I'll get it later. And then later, it's like, oh shit, I need a hundred something dollars to get it.
1: Yeah, that was the problem with all the DVDs that come out is that you'd see the title you want. They'd bring, like, hey, we got the movie you want to come out. And we're going to put five of them out in the same week. And you're to yeah. pick which one you want. Fuck.
2: Yeah. Well, that's one of the oh, things I about. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot. I have got
1: the uh, Anchor Bay double feature of Hell Knight and... Uh, Fade to Black, which is still worth about
2: a 100 Ooh, see, I have them both, but separately. I have my Hell Knight DVD, and yeah. I have my Fade to Black DVD, so...
1: Fade to Black is worth never a got lot, because no one's ever put it back out, reissued it.
2: Yeah, that one I'm holding on to tighter than my balls, like... And I love that movie to death. That's another one that... That's more like Arrow should pick that one up and put it out. I I really hope Arrow or Screen put that out. Screen does it. They'll give it a horrible painted cover. (laughs) Like you were talking about. (laughs) They'll put it out like some shitty. Oh, we got a new artwork for
1: it. (laughs) That's another one of the, as you call it, the face shot posters. That's great.
2: Yeah, it it is. Uh, I always love that image. Uh, That's a poster I'd like to get. And frame it and hang it on my wall, because it has all the yeah. different characters he takes. You know, they combined all the characters that he plays in the movie. So anyone that never seen Fade to Black and don't know what we're talking about, you really need to go find that. You can't call yourself a film fan if you've never seen Fade to Black. Made what? What was that? 1980 came out. Yeah.
1: 8081. Yeah. And it's but not it's a, a perfect- horror film. It's a drama about a horror film fan. And trust me, yeah, you, you're going to see parts of it that's going to make you hurt because you're going to see yourself in it.
2: Oh, yeah. Every time I watch that film, I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I'm sitting in the dark watching movies all day if I could, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <clears throat> no, nah, that movie hits close to home. And, I mean, it's just filmed beautifully. Like, it, they they really, especially the scenes of it, um, Oh, God, there's scenes of it that, like, when he goes to see Night of the Living Dead in the theater and the Goths are sitting in front of him, the punk Goths, and they, you know, make a noise, he shushes them. Right after, when he's chasing the hooker and she falls in the fence, I mean, they filmed it so beautifully. The moonlight on his face as he's thinking he's Bell Lugosi drinking her blood. It it, 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 It's like they stopped the film for a second. They were like, all right, this is no longer about... um you know, Benford, this is uh, this is your Bell Legosi right now. You are you are no longer your your true identity, and the guy plays it as Bell Legosi, and is drinking this yeah. hooker's blood from her neck, and they filmed it like a old, a old horror noir, you know, scene. Like it's like all of a yeah. sudden they were like, "Stop what we're doing. We're filming it this way." You know, so it, yeah, it, it it's it's kind of breaks it out movie. of the film. Yeah, and they do that with every scene that that he. Changes personalities with. It's like yeah. all of a sudden, you're no longer in Fade the Black. You're in that character's movie. You're in Hopalong Cassidy's movie. You're in the Mummy movie. You're in Dracula's movie. You're no longer in Fade the Black, which is what makes that film Actually, so fun. Actually,
1: not Hopalong Cassidy. This is me showing my inner nerd. It's uh, the Oklahoma Kid with uh, Jimmy Cagby.
2: Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh yeah, even when he does that, like pushes the pushes the what's her name down the stairs, it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, if no one's seen it yet. Sorry for all the spoilers, but if you listen to the show regularly, you know we just out talk spoilers. out Like
1: I said, only spoilers if you go in there. They sold it as a horror film. If you go yeah. in there expecting a horror film. You're going to be disappointed.
2: Yeah. It's not even just a horror film. They sold it as a slasher. And it's not a slasher. Oh, God, If no. anything, it's more like the Joker than anything. Yeah. Or it's an examination a of a mental breakdown. With Joker. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: the triple well, picture i have put in is fade to black, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, then Joker.
2: There you go. Henry, though, is a straight-up slasher film. <laughs> oh, my God. That movie's so disturbing. It's still disturbing to this day.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one you should see. Oh, and yeah. uh, speaking of disturbing, I think it's funny that Girl of the Day and a lot of people are like, oh, what's the most messed-up film you ever seen? Oh, it's a Serbian film. That's the most messed-up film I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I actually know someone compared it to um. Oh, what was I posted? I posted a film, and someone's like, "Oh, that's even more harsh than Serbian film." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> I mean, yeah. the person's a sweetheart. I didn't want to like bash them, <laughs> you know. Because a lot of my Facebook friends, they don't go into the dark regions. You and I will go.
0: <laughs>
2: like, they're 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 common film well, you watchers. You don't have to go to the dark
1: regions to find stuff that's dark. I love Serbian film soundtrack. I love that raunchy porn score
2: to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great soundtrack. And I mean, I give it credit to people that they're breaking out of their comfort zone. They're actually trying to watch exploitation. So I'm not. I, I don't bash people when they bring Serbian film up. Yeah. I know there's horror snobs out there that are like, "Oh, you like Serbian film? You think you're hardcore, huh?" It's like, shut up, man. They're trying, you know, just because yeah, they didn't like... have access to it like you. Yeah. My People are trying. My problem with they, they... the Serbian
1: film is that once the super uh, Viagra comes in, the whole movie just gets fucking silly. I mean, legitimately yeah. silly.
2: Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's like dark, dark, dark.
1: Hey, we're going to have our girls take a pipe up for Coochie and woo What the Yeah, ah. You know.
2: Well, I mean, it has, one of the, it has It does have one of the most creative kill scenes, though. Fucking literal skull fuck when he jams his yeah. fucking cock into the guy's eye socket. You know, I, every uh, time that scene goes uh, up, I can't stop forget, laughing.
1: do of Frank already done that in the early 90s and yeah. a lot more funnier.
2: Yeah, yeah, true, 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 yeah.
1: There's another one you need to see people if you can find it. If you think that third film is version, watch Bride of Frank. I'll rip your eyes out and skull fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the movie. If he says it, he does it.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: And a film came out the same year, another... Serbian film that's a whole lot worse Than a Serbian film and that's Life and Death of a Porno Gang
2: That one you recommended to me And I never saw it Yeah, hate me as much as you want to (laughs) I still haven't seen that one (laughs)
1: You need to get it Because it's a little more Legitimately
2: darker Yeah I got kind of Because, okay, so in the 90s I was all about the death films. I don't know if you remember, like, like that was the big thing. Everyone was oh, talking about, you know. Oh, yeah, in the about, 90s, you know,
1: there, was, there was the death film. It was the underground scene, same as the bootleg yeah. scene. You would get in the underground yeah, scene, I, you'd get the death tapes, the car crash tapes.
2: Yeah. And so I did that for, like, years and trading through the mail. This was before the internet, my friends going to New York to the fucking porno shop because they would have, like, to, when you walked into a New York porno shop in the 90s, the front of it used to have, like, regular movies. And then you walk past the regular movies would be the extreme horror films. And when you walk past that, there's the pornos. So I would always go in past the normal shit and right to the, um, ex, the uh, extreme horror sections where I, when I first saw, like, Begotten, you know, Medheim's Begotten. I, I, I found the fucking DVD of that. The early Clyde Barker films on this. You know, so I used to go to New yeah, York and find. And mean, then there was the Death Tape. Yeah.
1: I, I mean,
2: would buy, like, the Death DVD. There's a Serbian <laughs> film,
1: but I would recommend first seeing stuff like, like uh, he just said, Begotten. That one's a hell of an experience. Yeah. Uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man. My favorites,
2: yes, yeah, the box out. The box is out now of all his films, so grab it.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's so oh. many different choices. Everyone's like, ooh, I've seen Serbian film, it's the worst. I'm like, no, it's not.
2: Yeah, I mean, I always tell people, well, if you can sit through Serbian film then, and you liked it or you liked the experience of it, because I don't think people like those films. I just think it's more about the experience and the bragging rights yeah. of saying I saw it. You know, I always tell people then go 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 find a copy of Salo, 120 Days of Sodom, and sit through that. You know, it's not the most extreme. Especially but... after
1: you had a job and a regular job, then the shit eating scene takes a whole different view, and it makes you. Yeah. More shocked.
2: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> because it's more like and you and your I bosses,
1: don't... isn't it? Oh, yeah. Girls <laughs> sitting yes, there and not is. doing nothing. You have a problem? No. <laughs> Any shit? <laughs> and you're like, I do every day at work.
2: Yeah, I mean, I bought it on When Criterion put it out, I bought it brought it home because I never saw it. I always heard the no- notoriety of it. Yeah. And I watched it and I sat there going, all right, I-, I-, I get it. It's extreme. It's horrifying. It's whatever social commentary it has, okay. And then I'm like, am I ever going to watch this again? Probably not. I don't think this is going to be one of those, you know, where I'm like, oh, I'm in a mood for a Serbian film or oh, I'm in the mood for Salo, you know? Yeah. I remember I lent it to a friend of mine. And he went to give it back. I'm like, no, no, you can hold on to it. He's like, but, but, but. I'm like, no, 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 it's yours. You can keep it. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's one of those films where it's like, I don't even see the point of it. Other than for shock value. You know, there's nothing beautiful about it. There's no poetry it's about the there film. Piss,
1: it was there to piss off uh, the ruling class in Italy, which got him killed. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So the notoriety of the film, it definitely earned its notoriety. But it's not one of those films where I'm sitting there like, I'm in the mood to see, you know. Yeah. Like a Serbian film, I could sit there and see myself going, you know, I'm in the mood to see this fucked up movie. Because it goes into different fucked up tangents. And like you said, it gets funny after a while. You know, I mean, the whole line of newborn porn, as horrible as that is, I always crack up.
1: Because yeah, it's, it's not what's going on It's what he's. And I'm sorry Even the uncut version That scene is not Graphic at all
2: Yeah You don't see anything really It's just the idea of it But it's yeah. his delivery. It's yeah. a delivery of His delivery new world I love it new <laughs> <old porn! laughs> yeah, He's so excited <laughs> He came up with a new kind of porno <laughs> Which, I mean, if you're an artist, like, you kind of understand it because it's like everybody – that's the one thing with artists is they're always struggling to come up with their own unique vision. And especially for dark artists or filmmakers because it's all been done. Yeah. After a while, everyone starts to look the same. Everyone starts to look like H.R. Giger. Everyone starts to look like a Ted Czar. Everyone starts to look like – I forgot the woman's name who did the big-eyed girls. You've seen those paintings of all these big-eyed children and big-eyed yeah. girls. That started with one person, and everybody else ran with it. So there's har- there's hardly an original idea out there. So when you find a those voice, you get excited. Original. It's
1: like most so, yeah, of the more you... <laughs> successful uh, broadcasters, yeah. podcasters, whatever you want to call it, are the ones that yeah. go around going, gee, golly, the 80s are cool, and look at me, watch my VHS with my kooky hair color and kooky vision. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <so cool. laughs> I'm going to watch the yeah. movie that you know and stay safe and not try to get you to watch something different than you usually do.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, so when he says newborn porn, I got his excitement. I'm like, yeah, yeah. when you find something new, you get excited like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was the point of that rant. Oh, God.
1: Yeah, but that movie was just considered, you know, that's the goal of the film. There's going to be another one five or six yeah. years down the line. Like... Uh, in the seventies it was the Mondo films. Have you seen yeah. the Mondo films? No. Oh my god, <laughs> you have to. And in the eighties yeah. it was yeah. the death tape. No, that was the nineties. Yeah. In the eighties it was the SOV Gore fest.
2: Yeah. I was about to say, yeah. It was yeah, it was how violent and how sick can the gore be? You know, every yeah. every movie looked like story of Ricky, Ricky O. You know, <laughs> it was like, can hey, we I love more Ricky blood? Because
1: it is silly.
2: So do I. Oh, so do I. I mean, I love it. But yeah, that was the trend in the '80s. It was like you had your '80s horror slasher. Your underground was how much splashing can we do with blood, or bile, or any other fluid that we could yeah, think of. That's
1: when you got into the gentleman scene. <laughs> The funniest yeah. thing ever was in Psychopathics, oh. <laughs> and it showed a guy walking down the street, and then it closed in on this big, giant dog turd in the street, and there was a little sign yeah. on it in the stick, and it said, Typical German Gore film.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, what was the other one that was big in the 90s that became, like, one of the biggest bootlegs ever? Street Trash. Which is shocking that it got so fucking big. Street Trash,
1: Cannibal Holocaust was oh, Cannibal Holocaust created... Basically, it's one of the ones that created the underground... the bootleg scene. Yeah. It was that and... No, I didn't uh... say... Death Scenes with Anton LaVey, that's it.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. I actually had that, I think. Shit, I gotta look. I think I think they did a DVD release of that, and I got it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Well,
1: yeah, in the 90s, you no, would have just... the German stuff, and then you would have uh, the Hong Kong action films, the John Wu films,
2: the stuff yeah. like
1: with White Hair.
2: Well, I mean, what was that one company, Video Outlaw? They put out movies like Rot, where it was like the 90s punk rockers, like the casualty punk rockers. And, you know, they're like, it it had to deal with, like, necrophilia and girl decomposing. uh, Did you ever see that one, Rot?
1: No, I've heard of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was one of those companies where it's like, hey, buy this extreme gory horror film. Or you can get a porno.
1: <laughs>
2: like that's what the a yeah, we, catalog was. All, I was like,
1: oh necromantic is the one we're thinking of that can't dame. Yeah. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, necromantic, um yeah, anything George Baghett did it, it like to me defined the nineties. You know, like it was late eighties into the nineties. Like he pretty much Set the tone of the '90s obsession, underground obsession, with shock videos and um, uh, suicide tapes. Fucking anything dealing with like serial killers. He was one of those coming up in Germany in the '80s that put that out. Um, And here was the problem
1: that I had with the the death tapes. How many versions of the Bud Dwyer video do you have?
2: It was, that was like the staple of every tape. Any yeah. tape or underground DVD you got had the Bud Dwyer suicide. I even got on my tape once. It was a compilation of different religious cult leaders talking. And in between the segments, it just had like a snippet of the Bud Dwyer. Like building up to was the last uh, scene where he shoots himself. It just like had little bits and pieces. Like you're like, what's going on here? Like first you see a religious coup, then it's Bud Dwyer talking for a second. Then it goes I've into the seen, next religious it coup. i they came
1: out in the, the late '90s this thing called Bud the Movie, where they took like copies of uh, Bud Dwyer and they put the best quality one at the front of the movie. And it slowly uh, keep getting less and less version until <laughs> at the end of the movie, you would get like a 35th generation print of it and you could barely see it.
2: There <laughs> you go. Yeah.
1: That was I mean, another yeah, that was of my bootlegs. You didn't know what generation you got. Yeah, I love v- v- VHS. It's so quality. Yeah, yeah, you never had to fucking watch a fifth qu- fifth generation dupe because it's a rare film that you wanted to see, have you, Paul?
2: Yeah. That happened to me with um, Burial Ground, because that was a hard one to find at the time. And I remember I was at a convention, and the guy had a bootleg copy of Burial Ground. And I brought it home, and I'm like... Yeah? We got cut off
1: Yeah And you had just (laughs) bought that 5th generation copy of uh, Burial Ground to get home
2: Yeah And like I'm waiting for the movie to start And then I hear talking I'm like oh shit it already started Why can't I see shit And I turned up the the, uh, contrast all the way (laughs) Just so I could see like some pattern Of people
1: walking (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Uh, they would Fuck you Ooh. that way. They would use the cheapest VHS you got, and they would use, like, fifth- and sixth-generation copies, and you'd be sitting there like, what the fuck, man?
2: Yeah. Yeah, the 90s was definitely a dark period for, for like, horror fans. I remember even, um, what was his name? Um, Bruce Campbell did an op-ed in a horror magazine talking about how he actually was depressed on everyone's obsession with the real, with the death tapes, you know, I mean, for a while, even people were even trading like the Jim Jones videos and audios, you know, that's when I first heard about the Wisconsin death trip book. And I got a copy of that. And then I found out that BBC did a movie called Wisconsin death trip, you know, and then there was a band called Wisconsin death trip. So it permeated um, popular culture to the point to where you could be watching TV and it's like extreme accidents. And you can get like, it's like a, just a compilation of car wrecks, you know, that you could buy off a of TV. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it, it, it did, it did make a, a dent in, in culture. Who's the other director that I love that didn't really get his upcomings until the, um, until the nineties, he was making films in the eighties, but he, he became popular. Um, Oh shit, he did My Sweet Satan, Deadbeat at Dawn. Fuck, what's her name? Oh,
1: Ben Bepper! I love him, crazy motherfucker. Yes.
2: He, yeah, he was another one who really came out in the um, 90s. Like, uh, uh, we gotta remember, this was a case of a lot of it boiled up into the 80s, late 80s, because horror just wasn't horrible enough for people. They needed something more shocking and real, you know? I mean, what was what's the other one? Darkness. Leif Yonker's Darkness. Like the most extreme vampire film. You literally watch vampires explode. You know, and I love the fucking movie The yeah. Death. I mean, it's absolutely not Arrow's what's cool part.
1: about Leif Yonker's Darkness. What's cool about it is he was an 18 year old punk with an 8mm camera and no cash. Camera. Who created yeah. these insane freaking. Yeah.
2: In yeah, and, I mean, the movie's great. Like, I still have my two-disc vampire version disc, and I used to have the VHS that I got from F- Film Threat Magazine, which I think was another thing that really shaped the 90s horror scene where people were getting away from, like, the Fangorias and the Gore Zones and the, you know, 80 late 80s, early 90s, and started looking towards more independent, like Film Threat Magazine was putting a lot of the sticko films out there.
1: Fuck Film Threat and definitely fuck the head of Film Threat. All
2: right. Well, (laughs) I discovered a lot of films I love because of that magazine. But, hey. Yeah, and then
1: he would bootleg them himself and sell them in the back of the magazine and then rat out anyone that he knew that was his competitors.
2: Well, I I mean, I didn't know that backstory to him, but I know that I discovered a lot of Films that I love reading that magazine You know, because at the time I mean, Fangoria and shit was still trying to Ride the uh, Freddies And the Jasons and the Michaels, you know But there was know, that time that's period why in the they 90s they created
1: Gore Zone So they wouldn't have yeah. uh, Rest in peace Uncle Bob
0: Yeah Created
1: Gore Zone so he could do something That was uh, Not the Freddy's and the Jason and getting to the more extreme war. but then two the yeah. issues in, they're like, "Hey, we need you to do a Jason or a Freddy or a Michael Myers because those yeah. are the yeah. hell. And he's like, "Fuck."
2: Yeah, and I remember um one of the issues of Gorzo Zone. The cover was um the fucking Jason goes to hell. It's like <laughs> it's yeah. like all right. It quickly turned into uh, a <laughs> Fangoria. But, no, I mean, I know you have your issues of film threat, but a lot of people discovered uh, underground films do film threat. And then you had... A, yeah, in the I 90s I mean, we got the,
1: Video Watchdog, Cyclotronic, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, Asian Trash Cinema.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, you know. <laughs> and even beyond that, I mean, the the 90s didn't just give us, like, the extreme underground horror. You had, like, a lot of independent films, like, Welcome to the Dollhouse, which is a drama about a little Jewish girl who's, like, going to a horrible school and her sister's beloved, but she's not. She's too nerdy.
1: (laughs) You know, and you had the movie. One of the most depressing in-lines ever.
2: Oh, Welcome to the Dollhouse? Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Does it get any better? No. Fade to black. Yeah. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nihilism was everywhere in the '90s. Uh, what yeah, the, was the whole other indie um,
1: scene. Once uh, yeah. Tarantino and the Blair Witch Project hit, which I actually loved.
2: What Blair Witch? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I saw that in theaters, and I went when I saw it in theaters. It was a packed house, and I mean, the reactions were genuine. People loved it. You know, it wasn't until later where it became hyped hate and on it. They got it.
1: pissed off that it was fake. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, and a lot of people like when when one or two people go, oh, "It's fake. I don't like it." Everyone seems to join the bandwagon of hating something. So that's how it always happens, you know. People people want to feel like they belong. I hate it too. No, just say I fucking liked it. You know, move on. <laughs> oh God, what else was in the past? What, I'm trying to think. Like, oh, what's that one fucked up movie that always um got doubled with um the King? I mean, um, with Necromantic. No, it got doubled with Dirt King. Oh shit! Oh, um, Aftermath, the Spanish uh short film. Did you ever see that yeah. one?
1: Where yeah. Where the
2: coroner fucks the corpse on yeah. the table. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole movie, folks. Like, literally, it's him dissecting two people, and then he just jumps on the table and fucks the corpse. And then it ends.
0: <laughs>
2: but, I mean, that, that's the kind of shit that was coming out at the time, was like, oh, let's go real extreme, you know? <laughs> let's just fuck a corpse. There we go. And I remember um, there used to be a T-shirt. I forgot who put it out, but it said uh, it was just a picture of a uh, a woman fucking a corpse that just said corpse fucking art. So <laughs> it was, I think it was um, a necromantic shirt that just said corpse fucking art. So yeah, no, it was the 90s gave us that. Then we got into the 2000s. And you can leave with that one because that's when I started losing interest. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, hold on. I'll
1: be back in a second.
2: Oh okay. So yeah, the '90s independence. So then we uh got into the 2000s, yay! <laughs> and that's when um I don't know what the fuck happened when it hit 2000s. Sorry, I'm having to
1: switch phones
2: here, people. Oh okay. Yeah, I was just saying, like, uh, 2000s is when you got a lot of straight-to-DVD movies. Some are good, but a lot of them are terrible. <laughs> I started losing a lot of interest in the 90s. I mean, in the uh, early 2000s. I guess like I could say one of the good ones, like, that came out, probably 2010 was Stakeland. That one's cool where it's like a la- the landscape is nothing but populated by vampires. You know, it's like a zombie film. Dark Awakenings is pretty cool. So come on,
3: Steve. The two man show. I guess he's trying to get his uh first show uh feeling back of just him being alone. <laughs> I could grab my banjo and start playing. Oh, hold on. Where's my synthesizer? I'll play my synthesizer. Spooky music till Steve gets back. This show, folks. Here we go. What do I got here? I don't even know if any of you can hear that.
2: All right, anyway. So as we were saying in the 90s with the independence, before Steve
3: decided to go run off with his phone. Maybe my cat could talk to you. Kizzy, come here. What do you got to say to the folks? Good. Stand there. Okay. <laughs>
2: Where are you? that you, Steve?
1: Yeah.
2: Hello. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what
1: happened?
2: <clears throat> oh, I can barely hear you now.
3: You can barely hear me.
2: Okay, there you are. It's like reminiscence of your uh, first show, no guest, and uh, <laughs> you're by yourself.
1: Yeah, it's okay, doing, I was uh, with, one with a little uh, synthesizer films.
2: music. But,
1: but, yeah, I mean, really. Uh, well, Linda Manns died this week, and that was a heartbreaker. And the film that we know it for is a film that me and, Car- me and Fred would kill for, but it was only out for three freaking months. <laughs> so we finally had a chance to buy it, and that's out of the blue. That's the Dennis yeah. Hopper film. That most even Dennis Hopper
3: films don't know, but Punkers,
2: we love this. Yeah, movie. it's a, it's definitely a punk rock film. I mean, the, the girl that Linda plays, she's obsessed with Elvis Presley and punk rock music. Name dropping like Sid Vicious, Johnny Rotten, stuff like that. It's a Canadian film. Uh, like you said, Dennis Hopper's in it, he's excellent as the uh, retrobate father who's coming out of prison and doesn't know what to do with his junkie wife and his rebellious daughter. So, there are copies yeah, out there, shocking. you're just gonna spend what's
1: the scene at the Go ahead.
2: Sorry. I was gonna say, if you want a copy, I mean, you can find them for you know, $90 and up on DVD now. Unless you get the Spanish uh, DVD release, but you need a certain player to play it, and it costs you about $21. So, <laughs> yeah. But you got to have an all region player and a power player to play it.
1: That if you want shocking, and this goes into the, puts it over in the nihilistic, the first five minutes shows why Dennis Hopper's in prison, and holy shit. I'm not yeah. going to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but holy fuck.
2: Yeah, and it, they tried coining it as a sequel to uh, Easy Rider. I know a few of them tried to put it out as, as, like, the continuation of Dennis Hopper's Easy Rider. Like, it has nothing to fucking do with Easy Rider. Yeah, <laughs> they not it the
1: fact that he was killed at the end of Easy Rider. Dead.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, they tried to sell it that way because it didn't. I don't think it really was accepted when it came out because I I read a lot of mixed reviews, like people saying, oh, Dennis Hopper's worst film and he directed it. That's why it's so shabby. You know, and the title out of the blue came from the fact that, um,
0: yeah,
2: well, Well, that's what it was. It was was showing
1: like, yeah.
2: But see, and this is what's funny is, uh, if you want how punks were, like, er, like um, rural punks, I call them, kids out in the sticks that discovered punk. That's out of the blue. You want the L.A. scene punk? That's suburbia. Yeah.
3: You know, I mean, this this girl was you still like, in love
1: so with Elvis punk? Presley. What's the ring?
2: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But, um, what was I going to say? I mean, the movie originally was titled Cecil C- or something like that, or C, C? And, yeah, it was Topper a, a of, real... What
3: were you saying? I said, I said, it was,
1: it was a nice family drama, but then the director dropped out and they got Dennis Hopper to take it back and he's like, let me change
2: <laughs> yeah, and the title came from a song he heard that's actually in the movie now too, Out of the Blue. So, million.
0: No, yeah. And it's also
2: if you watch the tra- if you watch the trailer for Out of the Blue, they use the same song, so you'll you'll get where they got the title from. Yeah. but It's a very nihilistic film. That that's 80s nihilism right there. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, my, for a second, I, was, I don't know uh, why my sister rented it,
1: but she did. When she couldn't make it through me, I was just like, wow.
2: Yeah, that phone you're using is real bad because it keeps coming in and out.
3: I hear like every other word.
1: Well, my regular phone
0: is dead, dead
1: and the other yeah. phone
0: will only lasts for five minutes.
2: Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I, thought, I was tell i was actually saying, like, while you were switching phones, how you're trying to recreate your old, your first show. One guess, no guests, you by yourself trying to figure out what to say. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, ah, what do I say? I don't have the back I know, I'm Sorry. <laughs> That's <laughs> all right. <your> <laughs> when your phone's giving you the beep of death, you're screwed. Yeah. That's all right. I pulled out my um, my, uh, <laughs> my 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 uh, synthesizer and I was playing some music for everyone. They're all they all good. They're happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I interviewed I my cat. You guess, my, my first
0: guess
4: show,
3: but... Hello. Uh, I think we lost you again. We lost you, Steve. Seven years ago, we're getting a repeat. (laughs) You there, Steve. All right, we lost him. He was talking about his first guest, which I
2: don't know what it was. So, Well, my first guest is I interviewed my cat, which wouldn't answer any questions. So we all know how that went. Well, I think in all the uh, time that
3: I've done the show with Steve, this is the first time this happens. Technical difficulties, folks. Sorry. So anyway, I'll talk about Hardcore. That's a 1971
2: film that came out, and it's a rated X film. So people, we were talking about, like, extreme films. And came out in the 70s, and it's literally – uh, the the whole position of it is it's a hospital where they need where there's a satanic cult running it. So the movie, because it's a triple X film, they'd show a sex scene and then Satanists would hack off someone's head. Uh there's a sex scene, then they would bleed someone. So yeah, look out look for that one. It's called Hard Gore. Nineteen seventy one, I believe, was the date. You could probably get it. Most porn stuff, I got mine at a porn shop in New York. Oh, no, that was Route 22 in uh, New Jersey. I got that. I walked into a porn shop and was like, hey, look, fucking gory porno film. Because I was actually looking for um, The Devil and Miss Jones, because that's another really horror film. (laughs) I ain't porno. There's nothing there erotic about it. Hello. Hey, there you are. Yeah, do I sound better now? Yes, you do. I can hear you now.
1: Okay, I'm outside on the porch, but yeah, my first guest that uh, I was saying that I had was uh, Gary Clark and Joe Pilato. You don't talk about two insane indivi- individuals. That was a crazy show.
2: I actually met Joe, and yeah, he, he's, exa- he's nuts. So I don't know how you controlled him in the interview, but... He was one of the most well, awesome people I ever got to meet. Saying,
1: fuck you. We spent five minutes saying fuck you to each other.
0: I'm being literal. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. five
1: minutes of us going, fuck you, fuck you, no fuck you.
2: <laughs> His other favorite phrase is calling people scum fucks <laughs> and puss fucks. He would say puss fuck. That's it. That's Gigi yeah. Allen scum fuck. But he would he would call you. He called me a puss fuck. And then he made me kneel yeah. in front of him, and he blessed me a puss fuck, and then he signed my gear.
0: <laughs> he was, yeah. like, one of the
2: greatest people I ever met. And he took pictures with yeah. me. He was so fucking cool, Joe Pilato.
1: Yeah,
2: and what was Rudy your guess?
1: Uh, Gary Carr.
2: Oh, okay, 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 okay. Sorry, I didn't hear you, there. Neil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, you were saying Leif Yoniker, excellent uh, filmmaker.
1: Yeah, I need to get his ass on here. He's been promised me an interview for years now.
2: Yeah, definitely. No, you definitely need to get him on because, I mean, I'm a huge fan of his. So, matter of fact, I recently contacted him because there's a song that's in the movie and in the trailers that, and it's on the if you have the original dvd the um vampire version dvd there's the music video for a band and unfortunately it was uh, such an underground band all they ever put out was a cassette tape and you cannot find that fucking cassette tape anywhere i tried discogs i tried different sites people when you bring up the when you bring up the band people are just like Oh, I've never heard of them. Oh, wait a we did. And they'll give you a band that's... Another band that's named the same, but it's like a death metal band. So, yeah, it's it's a really... um, Oh, what's the name of the band? Apostasy. Apostasy. That's the name of the band. And there's another band called Apostasy. So, I always find the wrong one, but I can't find this band from the movie Darkness, which it's such a cool fucking song. It's like a definitely like a bouncer song, like bouncing around and having fun to it. Get you you dancing. But yeah, you got to get him on. If you get him on, I want to be on that show. Okay.
1: (laughs) And the other one I've never been able to really pin down but said he'd be on the show is Carl York. I'll definitely have to get you and Gore on if I do Can't get him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, let everyone know what he did though. Because that's not a very well-known you filmmaker. You don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, Carl York was the guy who uh, uh, faked his death in the Amazon back in nineteen seventy-nine, and Diodato put it out as real. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. No, you got to definitely get him on. Yeah, how many interviews do you think you did? Like, like name some of your top interviews news that you've done
1: since you started doing a podcast. Dean uh, Silver, because she freaked out my producer, Keith Hayes, who's <laughs> now he's pretty much moved on from... Pod- he's still a podcast, but he's like a, 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 a talent agent and does all sorts of stuff. Okay. Yeah, she said... Uh, Carl said to him, he said, I get Bob blah, 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 uh there's a toys R is in the show world now. He's like, God, there must be a river of cum under there. <laughs>
2: in the nah, bottom like, of wah, cum.
1: Wah, 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 wah.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's a great that's great. A river of cum. That's a, that's gonna be yeah. the title of my next book. A river of cum.
1: <laughs> uh, but, uh, Brian Usna was cool.
2: Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah, he's definitely awesome. Uh, did we you watch go Mr. Creek Howling 2? What? You got to talk about Mr. Howling 2. You had him on the show. I remember that one.
1: That
2: was a oh, show I wasn't more, supposed yeah, to be on. God bless him. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, that was one of, I remember. Um, you didn't have you you weren't sure if you were going to have him as a guest because I mean, a he's a huge fucking filmmaker, and B he was late. You called me, and we we're like, Fred. I need you on the show. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I was like, All right, all right, I'll come on. We'll we'll talk about something. And then he got on the show, and it was like one of the greatest shows. It's like my, it's like a highlight of my my life. You know that I got to actually talk to this <laughs> filmmaker whose films I've actually seen. You know. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: we have what's his name? He's
1: elected on, uh, alone in the dark. Jack Shoulder. Directed Alone in the Dark, uh, Ooh. The, the Elm Street 2. We had him on on the day as a part of the tribute show for as a, well as the tribute show for uh, Martin Landau, because he worked with him okay. Alone in the Dark. That was just great. That's when you need to look up Martin Landau tribute. And on yeah. the George Romero tribute show, we had uh, Stephen Bissett, Nice. Uh Mr. Lobo. Okay. Uh the, the head of the Arts Department at uh University of Pittsburgh. Oh,
2: okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, you heard you might have heard of him. You ever heard of John Ambler?
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely mm-hmm. like Martin, yeah. fucking, um, yeah, no, I know who he is. Uh, I mean, Easy Rider, he's the silent mind, um, the clown. Yeah, no, I know who he is. Definitely. He was uh, Fisher in uh, Day of the Dead.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah, I, I definitely hard,
2: know who that he is. Yeah, that was,
1: was a statue.
2: Yeah. Which one was the one where you interviewed the guys from Day of the Dead? Was that the, the Joe Pilato show,
1: yeah, I got it. yeah, I got his Joe Pilato and Gary Clark, yeah,
0: He just started cursing, oh, but,
1: and I went with it. You were flirting with yeah. Vicky, cursing like a sailor <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's definitely a trip, but which one was the one in the cast in day of the Dead that actually ended up like marrying his sister or something like that on unknowingly like he didn't say like hey sis let's get married he like met this girl and they fell in love and then later found out through a blood test that they were brother and sister or cousin or some shit like that
1: that they were actually related <laughs> I don't know related. that's a the shit I don't know yeah that's a and they the didn't C C know right there
2: yeah <laughs> like they did it was it was it was one of the cast members of Day of the Dead And, like, you can't can't be bad at the guy or say, oh, ew. All you can say is, like, wow, that's fucked up. Because I think one of them was adopted out. Like, like they had one kid kept it, and when they had another kid, they adopted him or her out or divorced or whatever the fuck happened. And then later they found out, oh, shit, we're related, but we fell in love. God damn it. Now, I don't know if they actually got married or whatever. Like, I think they they stopped it before they got married. But I remember hear, reading a- that story going, oh, God, that's horrible. Because that'd be some kind of shit I would end up happening to me. Like, it's like, I'll finally meet the girl <laughs> of my dreams, and then find out it's like my fucking cousin. Just be like, God damn it. Like, do you go with it, or you just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to throw away my only chance at love now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we well might be oh, related,
0: but by God, she got a nice button bend, bend on that boy. You don't understand.
2: <laughs> or I just say, Oh, I don't plan on having kids, so fuck it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <inaudible> <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah it's,
0: it's,
1: there's only one. W- like I said before, there's only been one bad guest
2: and that's Jim One
1: Orsky could
2: yeah, you never told me about that one. You you mentioned it, but you never got into it. So what happened with that one?
1: He was just an actual douchebag throughout the show.
3: <laughs> yeah, like what would he say? Was I was he not trying answering to make
1: lessons, a point or? about something, and he uh, said something, so I yelled
2: at him, it's a metaphor, you fuck. All right.
0: That sucks.
2: Uh, what did he do? I, I recognize the name, but I, I'm not matching him to anything in my head. Uh, he's the, He was a Roger Corman director in the
1: 90s. He did a lot of shit.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Enough said. <laughs> I mean, Corman is an awesome fucking dude, but I'm pretty sure with the low budgets that he did, he brought in a lot of scumbags to try to get them done, you know? Yeah. that's how independent. What's well, weird is air, Armenian
1: and Winorski get along pretty good, but on the show he was a fucking douche. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh god. I never had to, um let me see. Yeah, I don't think I ever had a bad experience meeting like celebrity directors or I think the only time I got disappointed was I was in line to meet Toby Hooper. And he like like after ten minutes being in line, they were like, "Up, oh, he left. He's done, done for the day, folks. Sorry." Now at the time, I took it as, "Oh fuck, Toby Hooper, what a fucking snobby star." And then of course, I felt like a scumbag because later I found out he was ill. So I was like, "Oh, <laughs> he's dying. God damn it." <laughs> so yeah, but I don't think I ever had a bad experience. Even like I hear horror stories about Tom Savini. And I met that motherfucker like ten times, and every time I met him, he's the most humble, happy,
1: you know, cool
2: motherfuckers it I ever met. I on even when you made
1: me- him. If you meet him on a good day, he's cool as a motherfucker. Like every time I met him at the drive-in up in Pittsburgh, he's cool as hell.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I even he even signed. I had a bootleg copy of his Night of Living Day. Because at the time, the only Night of the Living Dead you can get was the um, theatrical release. <laughs> My bootleg was the rough cut of the film, which had all the gore, uh-huh. and had the, had his temp music in it. Which I'm sorry uh-huh. is a better. T- I I don't I never liked the score of the Night of the Living Dead remake. I always liked the yeah. temp music they used better. Did
1: you tell him that? And bad? I told him you probably would be like, holy shit! I'll buy it. For- yeah.
2: Well, I told him, I was like, look, I know this is a bootleg, but it's your original cut of Night of Living Dead. It's not the theatrical cut. And he's like, oh, okay. And he took it and he signed it. And I was shocked because I didn't think he would, because I was trying to, I was actually just going to ask him some questions about it. Like, if you can ever redo it, would you change the soundtrack? And would you leave in the gore? And before I even got a chance to say that, he just autographed it. And then he had to go on stage and do his talk because I grabbed him on his way to the stage like a dickhead, you know. Yeah. And he was still cool with me, so I never got the whole rumor yeah, that Tom Sabini's to a bad dick.
1: Stories about him.
2: I think the bad stories are people are like being assholes, like I was that day. Like he's about to go up and do his talk at fan, at the Fangoria Con, and 40, I'm stopping him like, "Can you get my stuff?"
1: Questions about forty freaking times.
2: So, uh, did, 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 did you do Dawn of the Dead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yes, the one I thing <laughs>
1: about... There's certain guests I'm like, I'm not going to ask them. What. Well, I got to ask them. He's probably been asked the same questions a million freaking times.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, um, I remember I met Clyde Barker. And, of course, everybody's talking about Hellraiser, talking about Hellraiser. And you know, talking about his books and signing his books, and then a friend of mine was like, "Watch, I'm going to get him." And he went up there and he pulls out a cassette of, um, oh, what was it? Uh, um, oh, God damn it, my mind's going blank. It still happens when you get old. people. His band? Uh, it
0: was,
2: um, it was a band. It was some rock band. It was like some uh, band. It was, it was. I keep wanting to say Creedence Clearwater, but it wasn't Creedence. But anyway, he had him sign the cassette, and he's band. like, well, no, I wasn't. It was just some random metal prog rock band. and That's yeah. what it was. It was like a prog rock band. And he's like, and Clyde Barker's like, um, why am I signing this? And he's like, because this is what I like to listen to when I read your book. And he's like, oh, okay. And he signed it. And my friend just, like, smirks at me. Like, you know, and I'm like, "Ah," oh. And I was like, why'd you do that? And he's like, because I like to just get odd shit signed. He's the one that had Lucio Fucci sign a pack of Marlboro cigarettes. (laughs) And Lucio looked at him like, whoa, what's this? And he's like, oh, you know, I didn't have anything else for you to sign, but I have my cigarettes. And Lucio Fucci signs his pack of Marlboro cigarettes, and he he probably has it to this day. (laughs) You know,
1: your friend, that was the only time I think he probably had a signing in America. He didn't have that
2: damn many. Wait, what was that? I'm sorry, I missed that. Gucci. Yeah, no, I got to meet him. I got him to sign um, my Sangoria that the zombie was on the cover of. Yeah. Yeah, I'm no, sad. he was, he he died, was super sweet. I think sweet.
1: about six months later.
2: He died a month after he came to, no, it was a month after he came to America. Because I remember reading about it going, holy shit, I just met him. And, I mean, he was frail when I met him. Like, he, 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 like, I didn't even want him to stand up for a picture. You know, and this was back in the day where you had to pull out a camera, you know, and get it, make sure you had the flash on. You know, this was before cell phones. So, yeah, so I met Lucio Fucci. And when I heard about him passing, I was like, man, that was a sweet motherfucker because... He put up with me and my asshole friend.
1: <laughs>
2: oh,
0: God. He said
1: that he was bragging about going to New York and meeting the American fans and how much they loved him for the rest of the, for the rest of,
2: yeah. it was time before oh, yeah, he no, died I mean, when he got back home. Yeah, no, I mean, I was in line for over an hour waiting to get his autograph. That's how long it was. It went through the fucking hotel, the line. Like, and it was, I I had to go for two days, because one day was spent standing in line, waiting for Fuji. And then the next day is when I did my uh, bootleg shopping and meeting the other fucking (laughs) filmmaker. Yeah, but I don't think I've ever met an asshole. So, they all were cool. But whenever I hear someone with an asshole story, I'm always like, oh, damn, what happened? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, any you other guests? You ever have? Did you ever have a guest like just walk, walk off a show on you? Well, not walk off, but like hang no. up on you. No. Okay. How about a co-host? Only a
1: co-host, wonk, and I wonk. fired his fucking ass. <laughs> yeah,
2: mother.
1: <laughs>
0: wonk wonk.
1: Oh, I would have like <laughs> kept to his number up. and then called. Yeah, I would have called a guest on the motherfucker back and used the word motherfucker about. Three or four times. Oh, excuse yeah. me, mother! Kill you! <laughs> I'll rip your fucking heart out!
0: I go in full yellow passion,
1: good fellows mode.
2: Yeah. Have you ever had a guest that was like full of himself, like he thought he was too good for the show, so he just acted like a jerk off, or just like yeah, uh, made you to death.
1: Uh, Weinorisky. Really? I don't think I, that? yeah.
0: Hmm. I don't
1: think him endeared himself and he's like, oh, I worked with Tracy Lord. And then one of us on the show, maybe the Mexicans said, fuck Tracy Lord. <laughs> wow. All
2: right. Uh, snob guy.
1: Well, you know I'm oh. friends with a couple of the 70s and 80s adult teen guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so you would know, yeah, definitely. How about yeah. um Charles Band? Would you ever you have him on the
1: show? He almost what?
2: Charles Band, would you ever have What'd him on the say? show?
1: No, he's too busy.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: he is busy, Clark. I joked with Fred Olin
1: Ray. I said. Uh, I said to Fred, I said, will you be on my show when you don't have a movie to film? He's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like,
2: I'm fucked now. <laughs> he's like, pretty much are. <laughs> Fred Oler-Ray's great. He's another one I met that had, that people were like, oh, he's kind of a douchey. And I met him, and he's just like cool as fuck. And then when he found out my name was Fred, forget it. He's like, brother! Brother! <laughs> <laughs> so he's like standing there Bullshit with me And like I actually am one of the few people That can honestly say I love his film Like I love The Alien Dead Oh god yeah they
0: are good
2: I, The Alien Dead Which I mean people are like Oh it's such a shitty film I'm like but it's fucking awesome Like it's From the opening to the end You're trapped in a fever dream You can't get
1: Come
3: on, Brent man! Come on, you little chicken.
2: (laughs) But yeah, no, Fred Olin Ray film is a fever dream. That's what's great about those. You know, they may be low-budget as shit, but you're you're getting your buck's worth, you know, when you watch one of his films. And like I said, The Alien Dead, fucking when I first saw that on VHS, because I remember the first VHS cover that I saw. That was the one where it was a prop cut in half guy which is all oh it was called on um, Stage Door Studios was the, comp- the makeup company that cannibal camp out used the first cover for the Alien Dead that I saw on VHS used the cut in half corpse that you used to be able to order from that company propped up with a mask that was a pu- it wasn't a, pu- a mask a puppet it was a hand puppet that was a zombie puppet. And it said, The Alien Dead. So I'm like, whoever did the fucking box cover for this, like, went all, full Ed Wood. <laughs> like, it's like, what do we got lying around you know, in it's hilarious
1: room? how we got tricked in the renting movie just based on cool beat art covers.
2: Yeah. So, it, I mean, it was. Well, and, and I remember watching. And Terror Fighter is saying... the next
1: generation of that because. I will, I don't like the movie. I thought the, everyone but Art was just didn't, was Cordwood. Oh, what are you talking
2: about, Terrifier?
1: Yeah, everyone but Art was Cordwood.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, that was the purpose of the film. If you actually listen to you know, um, the commentary. it the and...
1: boring, but.
2: Well, first of all, the two girls that are in it, they remind me of every girl I know in the New York and New Jersey area. Every girl, they, which is probably why I'm still single. Because every girl you run into, it's those two fucking dipshits. Which which just shows their acting capabilities. They perfectly got the Long Island, New York, New Jersey, because it was filmed... In, like, Long Island and New York. It's filmed in my area, Terrifier. Fire. That's an East Coast film. And those two girls that they got to play the Dippy Party Girls, that's every girl you meet on the Jersey fucking shore and in Long Island. So that's why I love that movie, because I, I can identify with those girls, because I've actually dated some of them. <laughs> And they played them perfectly. And the other characters in it, like the ho- crazy, the overly hot, crazy homeless woman, which made no sense, but I love the scene of her with Art and her fake little baby, her. that little baby doll. Yeah. I mean, I just liked it. I love that Art had these people that you can care enough about, but you wouldn't mind seeing him fuck with them and torture them. Like, you didn't go, oh, man, I feel horrible. Yeah, but you're my laughing point like, art,
1: that makeup is the kind of makeup you want on the fucking uh, VHS cover or the streaming cover because that cover is going to make
2: a bunch of people watch that movie. Well, yeah, and it's definitely, yeah, no, it's that's the artwork they use. They shove Art the Clown right in your face. And it's one of the best characters, I think, modern characters that come up in a long time. Like, you, like that was the thing in the um, 80s, is they were always looking for the next Freddy. They were always looking for the next Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Leatherface. To me, Art the everybody Clown... Yeah, everybody
1: wanted a slice of that pie.
2: Yeah. To me, Art the Clown, his whole design of, like, a modern-day slasher, he's right there. And he's got enough supernatural or uh, – supernatural might not be the best word, but um, there's enough there to where he's more human than human, if he's even human at all. Like Michael Myers, they always tease that, you know, Sam Hain, the devil. You know, Jason Voorhees is now a fucking hell demon. Freddy Krueger had supernatural no, powers that enter No, he's a hell demon. Jason's a hell demon now. They, they they graduate him to hell demon. He's a hell demon.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, Jason goes to hell. He's a hell demon now. I'll argue with that one for you forever because I won that argument. But anyway, Art the clown. <laughs> if you watched, if you watch All Hallows Eve, which is the actual first film to feature him, because All Hallows Eve is is the the director Damien goddamn Leon. He put together a bunch of his <laughs> movies. Into a compilation, he made an anthology out of his short films, and he put them together. And one of them was featured Art the Clown, which was the ninth circle of hell. And Art the Clown became so popular in his little independent films. When he put together his little anthology All hell is Eve, he added more Art the Clown, and because he became so popular, he got his own movie. So yeah. I always tell people, don't watch All Hallows Eve first. Watch Terrifier, then go back and watch All Hallows Eve, and you can see the origin of Art the Clown. Because it kind of spoils it when you watch uh, the short film. Because it's like it kind of like what he did in the short films, he kind of dragged over into Terrifier. So watch Terrifier first, then watch All Hallows Eve, which he does some cool fucking shit in that, too. I mean, he's got one of the coolest wep- uh, killing weapons yeah, too. Yeah, and as whip Yeah, the only two regular
1: <laughs> guests I've had are uh, two guys from the drive-in monsterama. Those two guys are insane. Whenever I have them on, I love them. Okay. And of
2: course, the two guys, from, uh, William from the Knoxville Horror Fest. Oh, I think I called into that show once. Yeah, I called in. He runs There's the theater, so and they were talking. you guys were talking about doing a driving in the back. Was that the one I called no, in? on? they were
1: thinking of. Yeah, they're they're actually going to have full. They're just going to go to the midtown and have uh, either one day or the whole thing. They haven't announced yet. At the fucking driving, yeah. it's going to be uh, anniversary uh, showings of. Uh,
2: Return of the Living Dead and Demons. Nice. Oh, I love Demons. That's like one of my favorites. Remember, I was going to watch yeah. that tonight if I didn't do the show. Well, you know, now that I'm not going to work yeah. tomorrow. Her name, yeah, so I'm popping tonight.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Her name is Rose Merritt. Yeah. Her name is Rose
1: She's a friend of mine.
2: Yeah.
1: He's Anything great. That's Tony um, the is is that David
2: Knight? Yeah, Tony the Pimp. And even in part two, where he's the bodybuilder, where he's the gym instructor, fucking golden yeah. line. You hold on to this, I'll hold on to that. <laughs> yeah. He, makes, I, I, I would do a whole film with just that actor. What was it? Was that David Knight? Is that the actor's name? Tony King. Tony King. Okay, Tony King. I wanna. I would love to have seen a movie with just Tony King. Because he is bigger yeah, than life
0: on the field. screen.
2: <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. he's a friend of mine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's he's the other scene like where he
2: breaks a through a door and he
0: goes, another door." <laughs> <laughs> like every fucking line yeah. is gold that he says. I love that. Talking, I don't even know they talking about. Oh, we got to <laughs> come through this window. We got to come go through this window. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, shoot at yeah, I mean, <laughs> no Oh my God, what are you people doing over there?
2: Block up the door. <laughs> Watch the family!
1: Oh my God, he's my hero.
2: Like if I could be reincarnated as someone, I want to be Tony. Yeah, defense.
1: I was. Mom I hated that he got killed so early in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that, that that that.
2: Yeah, that that broke my heart. That's why I when I saw him in part two, I was like, "Yes!" Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: and I love that they killed him by grabbing his balls. Like, like he's so bigger than life. The only way you could kill Tony the Pimp is to rip his balls off. Yeah, that's his strength. <laughs> it's his his balls. Oh my god! Yeah, no, that's my hero. Oh, so uh, hopefully I yeah, get to go, just...
1: but otherwise that's going to be a great night, Return of Living Dead
2: and Demons. That's just going to be fun. Yeah, that's a great double feature. Plug, why don't you give them a plug, like right now, where it's going to be, when it's going to be.
1: Uh, the Midtown Drive-In. In Morristown,
3: Tennessee.
2: Morristown, Tennessee. Okay, when? Do you know when?
1: Yeah, I can just name a list of the great films I've seen there for the first time. Uh uh Zachary Beckler's Interior, uh, The Ranger, and then the Apocalypse, uh mm. Bloody Knuckle, which is your love about a comic yeah. guy who writes a comic book, who gets his hand cut off and his hand comes back to life and tells him to stop being a pussy and go kick the shit out of the guy's <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a great plot. And then
1: he ends up team and then his hand and him end up teaming up with uh Homo the first gay superhero who carries around his lover who gets his head cut off. So he walks around <laughs> in bondage gear like a superhero who looks like Lord
2: Humongous <laughs> That's great. Oh yeah. man, that's great. That's worth owning. And uh
1: Turbo Kid.
2: Turbo Kid, yes, I have my five-disc version coming. I literally spent $200 for an all-regions player because you can't find that fucking movie in America for under $100. And I found the German now, I don't know why game. didn't
1: they not put out a regular copy of it, as popular as the movie is.
2: Got me, but I remember, Um, well, not remember, but I showed a guy and worked the trailer, and this guy, like, like him and I joke all the time because he's all about Academy Award-winning films. He laughs at yeah. me all the time because he's like, you and your fucking underground films, what is this shit? I showed him the trailer for Turbo Kid. He's like, I might have to see that. <laughs> yeah, so the this guy, guy hates it. Like, Turbo
1: <laughs> Kid's running around on a BMX. Nobody drives cars. They <laughs> run around in BMX and- it's like your 80s King Kids the Abandoned, in a Road Warrior movie.
2: Yes, and I love that the um soundtrack is synthwave. I'm a huge anyone that knows me knows I'm a huge fan of punk rock and new retrowave synthwave. Like I got a collection building up oh, you're of synthwave love music. The
1: story. It's just so much fun.
2: Well, I didn't tell you this, but my um five disc uh, Turbo Kid set, is two of the discs are the soundtrack
1: no nice. more
2: CDs of the soundtrack for Turbo Kid, which is what sold me on it, which is why I had to buy it, because I wanted that retro wave music. Yeah,
1: me and you are soundtrack sluts. Like, I don't know what yeah. I'm to say. Ooh, soundtrack. <laughs>
2: I think the proudest soundtracks I ever got that were, like, hard to get, I have, um... Mm. <laughs> no one heard of this fucking movie. Uh, Manos? Hands of Fate. I have the vinyl soundtrack to that. Yeah. Yes, I have Manos The Hands of Fate. And, um, oh, fuck, the title's escaping me, but I had to get it, uh, oh, God, the slasher, camp slasher film. Fuck, hold on, I gotta go look at my disc real quick, because I'm old and my brain is mush. This is what happens when you reach my age and you watch too many films. Lake Nowhere. Have you seen that one? No. But...
1: In, Lake Nowhere, you should definitely
2: about. see. Yeah. And um, Manos, the Hands of Fate. I love that sound. I mean, I got a ton of soundtracks. You know, I think my one of my proudest yeah. ones is the original Return of the Living Dead promo record, which has sound bites from the movie in between the songs, and it's a picture disc. You know, yeah. uh,. What's another one I My the bloody one Valentine.
1: Cause of uh, the picture they used on the second side of the album or was it A side?
2: It's it's a, a B side with Lenaria Quigley's tits. Yes. It's the B side. Yeah. <laughs> and my copy has the original um pull out for the uh you can order our shirts from. <laughs> and I have yeah. two of the uh, Remar- uh Dawn of the Dead soundtracks. I had the uh, Goblin and I had the um Tempt Music the 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 filler music that uh, they didn't use uh, has of course the omen. Everyone has the omen. The witch. I'm looking at my records right now. Uh, of course, I have a hundred Stranger Things because it's synthwave. Uh, the Elephant Man, Close Encounters. Here's my Lake Nowhere. Uh, Logan's Run. I have that one. Phase Four. Uh, nice. Films Lot. Shockwaves. Shockwaves, you have to have shockwaves if you're a soundtrack collector. Because that is some of the eeriest, yeah. oddest music ever. That's one of the early scents too, where it's like, wee, wee, wee. you know? Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: one of the funniest things that ever happened, and this goes with the witch, is uh, I ran into uh, Tiffany and her husband. Uh, Jameson Stallworth at The Witch. I didn't mm. know it was him because he's such a unique looking character and I'm like, wow, there's two people in Knoxville that look like Jameson after the movie. Uh. Oh, it is Jameson. And then man, him, The Witch it just went, ended. Our eyes got big and we looked at each other and we just said, how the fuck did we see this on the big screen?
0: <laughs>
2: oh God, that's great. So I was gonna ask you, but yeah, do you I see... mean, uh, oh. you would, you need to look up the short film. I think it's
1: on YouTube. The Battle of the Squirt Reynolds. Kids uh, out on a, at a, at a camp uh, camping out, and uh... they run into Squirt Reynolds, who's uh, this little kid who got into an accident, like in the burning, except that he was wearing a bandit mask from Burt Reynolds and it melted to his oh. face.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: speaking of bizarre things, Jersey which
1: is a punk rock slasher from about four or five years ago.
2: See, a lot of the. This, this is my thing. Like. I kind of stopped at a certain time period with horror films. It's like, because I've seen too many of these movies, especially, I I, I I buy most of my discs at like dollar stores and shit. Like if I see something with an interesting cover, I'll grab it, take it home. 90% of the time, they suck. Like they don't hold my attention. You know, there's very rarely do I buy like a, a modern movie. Like anything in the 2000s, a lot of it doesn't catch my attention anymore. I kind of lost. I don't get excited for new movies. That's why I guess I love Terrifier so much, because that was the first time yeah. I got excited about a movie. You know, most you movies need to are see disposable.
1: W, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. I know.
2: I know. I got to see that <laughs> one. It's on my list. There's just so much out there. I, I only have so much money. You know. <laughs> yeah. I think um, one of the few times I actually uh, because before the COVID hit the dollar store near me, the dollar general had a, a DVD section. Like they had a, a a whole rack that they just stuffed with all. And most of them were like literally Christian films. I'm not lying. Like, like half of them were Christian.
0: Yeah. And,
2: um, but once in a while, they get like, uh, you know, an image disc or, um, I was a Arescope movie. So I actually picked up Tillerama for a dollar. You ever see that one? Yeah, that one's fun. Yeah, I, I just love it. Like, like especially the front, the um, the Diary of Anne Frankenstein. Like that one. One, you know, um, The Houses October Built. I thought was good. Too many that really stick out for me, though. A lot of them, especially the Sci-Fi Channel films that come out. I'm like, that's horrid. Uh, what's what's a good one? The Hallow. The Hallow was a surprise. I got that one for a dollar. Yeah. Tell the Halloween. That was really, did did you see that? to
1: get that one. That one's fucking
2: great. That's the one, the Irish one, where they're in the woods, and they're like little fairies or something. Fairies, no, it's like, like
1: uh, Ten Tales of Halloween narrated by, uh, what's their name from the flock? Uh Adrian Barbo from the flock playing the same character. The Hollow? No, uh, tells of Halloween.
2: Oh, no, no, no. That one I didn't see. No, that one I didn't see. I'm talking about The Hallow. You
1: need to see it. Even it? if it's just for Friday the 31st, what would happen if yeah. Jason ran into a little alien from outer space?
2: Hmm, okay. <laughs> no, I was talking about what The Halo, though. That one, I, yeah. I think you should see that one if you haven't. 'Cause that's um Dude. basically creatures. That's a good one because it's creatures in the woods. And I'm I'm a <laughs> big huge fan of creature films. I like creatures. Yeah. I like monsters and creatures. You know?
1: You would love that one with Jason. Just so you get to hear Jason say and look Lynn keeps asking for candy and he's like I ain't got no fucking
0: candy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, what's the oh, other what
0: one? That,
2: what's the other one? RLJ. It's, um, everyone seems to love uh, what's that guy? Um, oh shit! What uh, happens again? It's one of the more modern ones. The the big slasher one. Kane Hodder plays the slasher. You know who I'm talking about? The guy. The guy in the Oh sport. Adam
1: Green. No.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, actually, did you ever see Dig- digging up the marrow? I think is one of the more interesting modern ones. Have you seen that one? Yeah. yeah. I like that one because because it's Adam Green. It's it's basically it's definitely a film. They didn't even try to make it look like a real documentary because you know it's a movie movie because Adam Green. But I love that yeah. the um design of the creatures is done by an artist I love, Alex Party. P-A-R-D-E-E. He does these beautiful fucking creatures that are in the movie. And so, like, a lot of the modern horror that I see, I'm not into, especially when they're the same ghost ripoff. Like, there's a hundred ghost movies now. Uh, What is it? The Innkeepers. Um, There's that Korean one where they're walking around a hospital. And they all look like the Blair Witch Project. I, I prefer yeah, the more modern ones. They every one of
1: them, they shit, they shit on the Blair Witch Project, but every fucking one of them rip off the basic structure of the Blair yes. Witch Project. In exactly, Testament yeah. Project. But you're making the same movie, oh. Fuck you?
2: <laughs> yeah, they're running around, but instead of like a witch, it's a ghost. So that's a big genre, yeah. that's modern, you know, modern genre that everyone's yeah. doing. And I don't even think it's around anymore. I don't even know what's going on anymore as, as far as horror. You know, like, what's new? Well,
1: I was like I said I to told... a horror fest, but he programs the best of the best of the best, and William we trust, besides one film. Mm. And I've given him yeah, shit like I... for it every fucking time I've seen him, every since he's red Christmas. I hate fuck oh. that movie. <laughs> I'm being literal. That's uh, the best way to describe it, is a hate fuck watch. Okay.
2: That one I haven't seen. You
1: know where you're... Oh, don't. Like I said, I hate fucks it. it... Okay.
2: What's that <laughs> title again? I got to see at least Red the trailer. Red Christmas. Red Christmas? All right. That sounds that sound just as good as... um. What was that? Uh god, there's a whole bunch of those bad christmas. There's some good ones like like Rare Exports is excellent. That's that's that's, that's, oh, a, god, that's a gift. Yeah. I love Reddit, Rare Exports. Um what was that? Uh stalk and stalk, Slay and slash or something like that. Like there's a bunch of like mm-hmm. st- oh cr- anything oh, Don't cramping. watch out.
1: It's fucking great. Just don't watch any of the twists or anything before you see it. Better watch okay. out. That one just kicked ass. Like I mean, I said, my don't favorite go to horror Christmas
2: movie it. will always be Christmas Evil. Oh, God. I yes. love that very, dirty little movie. Very. <laughs> it's such a, that movie's so dirty, you know? <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. it's, ew. <laughs> And when I say dirty, I don't mean it's like porno. Or anything like that. It's just, oh God! I mean, it's it's innocently exploited. Yeah. You know, it's the only way to describe it. Like he's obsessed with little Susie. Love it. It's it's almost
1: Christmas.
2: Yes, it's it, it's it's almost um. It's almost like he's he's sexually attracted to this little girl. He's got pictures of this little girl. But he's Santa, so it has to be innocent. No, he's the he only doesn't good little kid, girl in the... except for maybe Well, he Mas does terrorize what's-his-name, because he's naughty.
1: Yeah, Moss Garcia. But he has negative yeah, body hygiene, so
2: fuck him. <laughs> yeah.
1: I want a
0: subscription to Playboy magazine or Penthouse magazine. I want a lifetime subscription to Penthouse magazine. And it's like <laughs> I and mean, he's running into the and his And he and gives him and a big
1: bag of
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The movie is just, it's just like always teetering. And that's what it is. It's always teetering on going overboard, but it never does. It's perfectly balanced, yeah. that film. And by that, I mean, it never goes into that genre where you're like, oh, hell no. It always stays yeah. right there in good bad taste.
1: Yeah. And so I close things out. Thank you to everyone who's ever appeared on this show for the throughout the past seven years, my guest host, the dependable One. And just <laughs> thank you to everyone who's uh listens to the show. I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs>
0: and Well, well, Steve, I just want to say thank on. you for bringing me into oh, yeah. the
2: circle, inviting me to mm. be on the show.
1: But keep going on. This Wednesday, me and uh, Nate are going to be doing a George Romero retrospective, and I suspect we're going to piss off a lot of fans. <laughs> Ooh.
2: Okay, <laughs> is it it's Wednesday? All right, ah, Saturday, I gotta
1: work that day, uh, but yeah, and Saturday, me and we are going to be doing the Joker over just to get it done right.
2: Yeah, yeah, to anyone that listens to the other Joker podcast, forget Sorry. that one. That one, Sorry. yeah, and and yeah, I mean, we made a mistake. We we brought in a guy who didn't see the film, and then when he watched it, he didn't like it, so he just trashed it, and it made for a really bad podcast because you and I just sat here like, "What the fuck is your problem, man?" You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're we're gonna redo that one, and we're gonna do it right with love and care, like we should do with that movie. <laughs> All right, Steve. <laughs> Thank close.
1: you. Yeah, and to close of the show out, I want to play my, uh, well, a little bit of something from Rudy Ray Moore, and It's basically my motto. And <laughs> this show is dedicated to Radio Zone. which basically made it to 500 episodes, but he, life got in the way, and he had to quit. Thank you, Josh Hadley, for all 500 of those.
3: And with that, Thank you. Steve, good
1: night, everybody.
3: Night-night.
0: Uh, Steve We're
1: t- issues here. Come on, damn it.
3: Where where's the music, Steve?
2: This is show business folks. There's a lot of technical difficulties.
3: Good night, everybody.
2: <laughs> Good night. <laughs>